Now you see, I've come to realize one thing. By the way, the demand was so strong and they said, we want your book on the kingdom of God. So I started writing the book. I spent almost about three days writing now while I was there because they said, we just need it. We know you've written a lot of books, but we want this one specifically on the kingdom of God. And there's a testimony to that. That pastor... Tony that I spoke about when he came and he called me when he came back from Colombia and we're just talking and he said so where are you now I said I'm in Pretoria but I'm flying back tomorrow and that is he said oh man my church love your message of the kingdom I said well I started writing a book he said once you finish please get me the manuscript and publishing that book oh. hallelujah so by the grace of God I think God willing the book is already paid for Whatever it will cause, it's already paid for. So, we're going to walk on it. I want to share an aspect of that book with you this morning. Because, you know, the farmer himself will maybe partakers of the fruit of the land. Am I correct? Yes, and you want to share some part of it with you this morning. And uh, the aspect I want you to understand this morning is this. See, so many people don't understand the purpose of Christ coming. You see, why did Jesus come? Why did God send Jesus? What is the ultimate, the ultimate reason why Jesus came? Hallelujah. It's very important we understand that. Now, if you take your time to set your Bible, you must understand first and foremost that Jesus was both man and God. How many believe that? Now, there is something I want you to note. If you look at Matthew chapter 1 and then 18 to 21. You're going to read his story. And the Bible says, He shall be called Jesus. But besides that, you must understand that when you go through that passage, the scripture makes us to understand that the seed that was in Mary was of the Holy Ghost. Now, when he say of the Holy Ghost, it means Joseph had no part in the conception of Jesus. That means Holy Ghost did it. Now, the Holy Ghost is the same thing as God. Now, you see, that's where people get confused and they say, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. There can't be three gods, man. It is God manifesting Himself in three dimensions. Is that okay? So, God came. Now, if you say, now look at it this way. If the Bible says that which is her is of the Holy Ghost, and then you say, Jesus is the Son of God. Now, is it wrong to say Jesus is the Son of the Holy Ghost? Look at that. That is what confuses the church. And they begin to talk about three gods. There can't be three gods. There is but one God revealing himself in three dimensions. So when he wants to come down as a human being, he came as the Holy Spirit and impregnated Mary and seed was found in her and the child that came out was called Jesus because he's going to save us from our sins. But besides that, he's also going to be called Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. So we have to understand these two dimensions. Okay. Now, in the book of Acts chapter 20, and it's good you open to that chapter, and then you look at this. The word says, 20, I'm just going to read verse 28. Take it therefore unto yourselves, and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he purchased with what? His own blood. 
So you see, the blood that was in Jesus as a human being was the blood of God. Did you get that? He didn't took his blood from, from Joseph. He got his blood from God. But he got his flesh from Mary. So, because he got his flesh from Mary, he was the son of man. And because he got his blood from God, he was the son of God. Is that okay? Come on. Now, why do you think God decided to do that? That's exactly what I'm trying to make you see now. And what I want to point out to you this morning. Why do you think God have to, you know, bring out his blood, pour it upon a man, and things like that? Now, I want you to turn to the book of 1 Peter chapter 3. Let's look at 1 Peter 3. Okay, you can keep your place. Let's quickly first look at the book of Hebrews. That will help you out to understand 1 Peter 3. Hebrews chapter 9, 10 to 14. Hebrews 9, 10 to 14. Are you there? But Christ being come, and high priest of good things to come. You can just jot down to verse 9 or so. I mean, um, okay, let's say 12 now. Now about that the blood of gold, he came with his special blood, neither by the blood of gold, you'll jump down, and cut but his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and ethics of an heifer, Sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Now I want you to understand the implication of the blood. Remember this. Without blood, the sacrifice is no offer. Let me explain something to you. Do you know why our traditional people keep goals? These innocent goals and fowls and all of that. What are they looking for? Are you looking for the flesh? They are looking for what? The blood. They understand the power of the blood. What then is the meaning of what they are trying to do? They are trying to appease the God so that the God can mediate for them that they might have peace. So the God wants blood. Hallelujah. Now understand it this way. In the Old Testament, blood was offered. That is to say, for you to be cleansed, you need blood. Now, what are you truly to be cleansed from? You are supposed to be cleansed from the influence of the Adam or the Adamic life that it brought you into. Now, you see, the animal sacrifices cannot bring man to the place of perfection or the cleansing of the conscience that is tainted with the blood of Adam. So, what can remove that? Animal sacrifice can do it. So, God needs a human blood. But there is no human blood on the face of the earth that is pure enough to cleanse you. Because if it takes a literal human being, the blood is also corrupted. Are you following the picture now? So there was no man on the face of the earth that was qualified. Even if you were to die for your father, your blood is not still equal what God wants. Is that okay? So that's why... God has to decide to do that by himself. And the only way he can share his own blood is to become a human being. 
Are you listening to this? It's to become a human being. And so when he offered that blood, that blood cannot penetrate to your conscience to remove what Adam dropped in your life. Which animal sacrifices cannot do. That's what Hebrews 9 is not telling us now. And so when you talk about the church being purchased, that is why you, you must first understand that you have been purged. You should just know it today. You have been purged from every influence of Adam and including your grandfathers. Come on, I want to talk to somebody this morning. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. I repeat it loud and clear. Don't be fooled to imagine that you can carry the blood of your father if you come to Christ. Unless you are not in Christ. With all boldness, I declare it, unless you are not in Christ. See, somebody said, but what about those preaching the cause and the bloodline? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever thing the man believeth, that shall he also have. For today I believe all things are what? Possible. It's what you believe. So if you believe your bloodline is contaminated, therefore you must suffer certain things, sure you are going to suffer. Because that is what you believe. But as far as I'm concerned, me and my household, there is a blood we've come in contact with, and he had dealt with everything that have to do with my fathers, even Adam. Hallelujah. He said the animal's blood cannot do that. Are you trying to tell me God wasted his time pouring his blood upon your life? You think God wasted his time? It's all because we believe more into the blood of Adam, the blood of our fathers, than we believe the blood of God. Of course we plead the blood of Jesus, but we don't understand what we are pleading. We plead this religiously. And so he said there are causes from your father following you. <laughs> I have the minister who is also believing so strongly in this bloodline. Now this guy is passing through a lot of problems. And somebody asked me in South Africa, I said, I don't know why this man is facing all of this problem, but he teaches so much about causes in the bloodline. I said, well, they himself need deliverance first. You can't be telling people they are suffering from certain day because they have, and you have something very close to that. I don't want to mention the person's name. I don't want to mention what is happening to him. But that thing that is happening has happened to him, happened to his father, happened to one of his brothers. Huh? Okay. But you are believing the same thing and you are not delivered from it. So what are you doing? It's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. And why is it happening? Because he believes it. Come on now. Are you following what I'm talking about? He believes it, that is why the thing is working in his life and is going to work in the life of his children because he believes it. Because that's what he's preaching. Instead of preaching the freedom in the blood of Jesus, he's preaching the condemnation in the blood of his father's life. Nonsense. That's no gospel. See, the gospel is good news. What sets you free from everything that have ever bound you on the face of the earth? Hallelujah. Now get down to the book of First Peter's. First Peter chapter 1, I mean chapter 3, let's look at verse 18. Hallelujah. Are you there? First Peter 3, verse 18. For Christ also once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. Who is the just yet? Jesus, for the unjust, you and I, that he might do what? 
bring us to God. Underline that in your Bible. That is the ultimate purpose of Jesus coming to die. Bring God safely back to God. Be put to death in the flesh, but quickened by what? By the Spirit. Did you get this? I want you to understand that is the is the main key. Is the main key to your understanding God's purpose for sending Jesus is to bring God back to Him. Bring God back to Him. It means we were estranged from God. It means we walked away from God. Of course, you know that Adam was driven from the garden. Do you understand this? Okay, now Jesus came to bring us back. Now, what is it? Let me say this. Do you know there are certain things that were never found in the Garden of Eden? Can I mention one or two things that were never found there? There was no pastor in the garden. There was no prayer meeting. There was no choristers. Come on, am I talking to somebody? All those things you do in church were not in the garden. There was only one thing in the garden, a relationship between God and man. And that is what was broken. So all these things we do, choir, prayer meeting, name it, Bible studies, we are all doing that to enable us to come back to who? To God. To establish a relationship. Let me tell you something, people of God, and I've already been saying it in this place. And all over, wherever I go, if you have not come to the place where you can hear God for yourself, you are not a sheep. You are a goat. Oh. You see, am I insulting anybody? No. Jesus said he was going to separate the sheep from the goats. He was talking about people. Is that okay? Now, Jesus also said in John 10, and he said, My sheep does what? Hear my voice. So the first thing that identified you as having returned to the Father is you being able to hear the Father. Glory to God. Now, hear this. The apostles came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. How did he start with? Say, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father which art in heaven. When you use the word our, it means inclusive. It means your Father and my Father. Jesus established your foundation. I came to bring you back to the Father. So when you are praying, pray to your Father. Don't even pray to me. Let it be known to you that the father that I serve is the father that you are serving. What he can do for me is what he can do for you. Let it be known to you as my disciples. That's what Jesus said. But how do we pray today? No, think about it. How do we pray? Sometimes I think we need to bring back that prayer. Why? Until the consciousness of our father and son relationship is established. Our Father which are in heaven. We lost relationship. <laughs> I'm going to make you see something as, as I go on. Let me tell you this, friends. I don't believe a devil can take anything that belongs to me. Oh, come on. You see, some of these things, I don't know how they come, but I believe it that way. I don't believe it. That the devil can take anything. No. What is mine is mine. 
I said it sometimes. Somebody said, what about the prodigal son? I said, you don't understand the scripture. It is not the devil that wasted it. It is the guy himself that wasted the thing God gave to him. Am I talking to somebody here? But here the good news. When the guy returned, he got more than he lost. Come on. Hey, hey, hey. That is what you should understand. Do you understand that? When he returned to the father's house, he got more than he lost. Did he have a ring when he went out? Mm-hmm. You, you don't understand these things, man. <laughs> so, you see, the problem you have is when you are not in the father's house, you are, you are, you are in bondage, you are in poverty, but once you return, which is why Jesus wants you to come, you have all that is yours. And no devil have right to come to the father's house to take anything that belongs to you. No devil can take your money. Wow, you've got to know it. <laughs> Say they've taken my money to the cover. It was not yours. Who gave it to you? Was it God? No, unless you gave it to them. Because the prodigal son gave it to these people. But when he realized I have much more than my father, he came back and the father said, Boy, are you about to say you have more than you lost? <laughs> Hallelujah. See, we need to understand why Jesus came. Everything you lost in Adam, he came to restore. Why do we go through all these pressures in life and all of those things that we are looking at? It's not because we don't understand the man we are worshipping. We don't even understand the true purpose of worship. Let me explain something to you. And I've said that here sometimes. There are some things you are not supposed to pray for. Can I hear an amen to that? You only are supposed to inherit them. What my son inherits, he can't pray for. Am I talking to somebody here? Why do you pray for so many things? Believe <laughs> that. You pray for so many things that are irrelevant. Because there are some things you just need to pray for. You just inherit because it belongs to your father. Hallelujah. Now look at the book of Second King, Second Corinthians 5. Let me show you. We're still dealing with the purpose of Christ's coming. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. Are you there? The Bible says, For Christ also had once suffered for sins. Oh, come on. That's first Peter. Look at 2 Corinthians 5. Are you there now? Now, God, I'm starting from the place God. God was in who? In Christ. Doing what? Reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing that transplant unto them and are committed unto us the word what? Of reconciliation. Now remember this key. Jesus died to bring us back to the Father. That's already in 1 Peter 3.18. Is that okay? Now Peter, Paul is now saying, God was in. So, when you say Christ, automatically you are mentioning God. You know why? Let me give this illustration. You have this castle. I'm sure I've mentioned that sometime here. You have this castle. Uh, maybe you're suffering from malaria or something and they, they give you a castle 
the black and white one is what is that? What do you call that? Or the, okay, the green, green and yellow. Green and yellow. What's the color for that green and yellow? What is it for? You work in the hospital. All because you work in the hospital. Yeah. Okay. Which of them, eh? Now, when you go to the doctor, they'll give you a capsule. You know, you say take two, isn't it? Or maybe take two, as the case may be. What are you actually taking? You are not taking the blue and green. You are taking the powder. Huh? Aha. Now, hear this. God was inside Christ. Now, that is, the blood of God was in Christ. Are you following this? So, when you receive Christ, who do you receive? That is what the world cannot understand. And so they think God is up there. Very far. <laughs> it's funny. Very funny. You know, God is still crying like he did in the book of Revelation 3, I think verse 18 or so. He said, I stand at the door knocking. The 18 or whatever. Eh? If any man open. Who do you think God was talking to? He wasn't talking to the unbelievers. You know, we carry the Bible and go to the outside and say, God is knocking at the heart of your door. Shut up. God wasn't talking to the unbelievers. He was talking to a church. It is we in the church that locked him out and is begging to come in. Read the Bible. God wasn't talking to the unbeliever. Don't ever use that scripture for an unbeliever. It's not meant for the unbeliever. He was talking just like you must be born again. God wasn't talking to the unbeliever. He wasn't talking to a, he was talking to a rabbi, a believer. Is that okay? So when he say, I stand at the door knocking, what was Jesus saying? He said, you are full of activities, but you don't have me. You are doing a lot of ceremony, but I'm not in the midst of it. Allow me to come in. He was talking to a church. So he's talking to you. Hallelujah. So when you receive Christ, you receive God inclusive. Because God was in Christ. Are you getting the picture? Because God is spirit. God was inside Christ. So anytime I say, Christ, come into my heart. You are simply saying, God, I need you. And anytime Christ comes in, God is coming with me because Christ can't come without God. Because God was in Christ. And is still in Christ. Hallelujah. Reconciling the world unto himself. Amen. Therefore, when you read 1 Peter 3 verse 16, you're going to see this fact. Just to prove what I'm saying. Without controversy, the mystery of godliness is great. God was revealed in the flesh. Who was revealed? God. Not Christ. God was revealed in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen by angels. Preached among the nations. Believed up in the world. And received up into glory. God was revealed. In flesh. Not man. Hallelujah. See. I think I've said that several times. The word Jesus means the human body. The human sacrificial body of that man called Jesus. Which is the Lamb of God. See, that is why when Peter was asked, Who do men say that I am? 
He said, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. He didn't say Jesus, the Son. He said, Thou art Christ. Christ is the Son. Jesus was the Lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to understand these things. Now, if you know God is bringing us back to Himself, it, that means God is forming a family or building up a community of people that He has chosen to Himself for a purpose as well. So go to Colossians. Go to Colossians. Colossians 1. It's a common passage, but let's do some meditation on it. We read 12 and 13. Hallelujah. Are you there in Colossians? Look at what he said. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us me to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Ye, who are delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The message Bible will say, God rescued us from dead and end alleys and dark dungeons. He set up, he set us up in the kingdom of the son. He loved so much. The son who get us out of the pit we are in. Got rid of the sins we're doomed to keep repeating. Amen. Now there are some things I want to pick up from that passage. I want you to notice something there. He said we have inheritance among the saints in the light. Inheritance of the saints in the light. I want you to understand something here. What is the inheritance? He said you have inheritance in the saints in the light. Now, if you look at the book of Acts, I think chapter 26. Hmm? I would like us to look at that, if you will. If you look at Act, I'm sure it's Act 26. Paul was writing this, and he was writing to uh, to King. What King is this? Festus, when he was trying to explain how he got converted. Is that okay? I want King Agrippa. Is that all right? Okay, you can read from 13 to 18, but I would like us to look only look at verse 18. It said, God have brought us or have delivered us from the power of darkness. And even now, we have inheritance among the saints in the light. Okay. Now, verse 18 says in Acts chapter 26, God was commissioning Paul, and these are the things he asked him to do. Verse 18 says, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to what? To light. And from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive what? Forgiveness of sins and what? An inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Hallelujah. Now the word inheritance is very important to us here. Hallelujah. Actually it means an acquisition. A patrimony. Heritage. Or an inheritance, a lot or a part. Patrimony. Patrimony means what you inherit from your father. 
then matrimony means what you inherit from your mother. Are you listening to me? Now, when it says we have an inheritance, it means we belong to the family of God. And that is to say, every one of you, every one of you, have an inheritance in the Father's house. Hallelujah. First, I want that to sink in. You have an inheritance, but you don't know. Let me explain something. The word darkness is not talking of evil spirits. Darkness in the scriptures means ignorance. Light means knowledge and understanding. So the kingdom of light is the kingdom of those who have gotten an understanding of what their inheritance is in the Father's house. Let me tell you something. If the... See, see, see. Hear this. The devil has no power. You know the power that the devil uses is to keep you perpetually ignorant of what is your right. That is the only thing he does. What is due you, he will not allow you to know anything about it. So that you keep suffering. That's why the scripture says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Is that okay? It has nothing whatsoever to do with powers of darkness and so you see people coming and say deliver from the power of darkness and they'll be writing books how they were caught people how they were you know killing people sucking people's blood that's no power of darkness you were just an occultic man is that all right and those books are not relevant for you because the more you read about that the more the spirit of fear comes into your life you can't rise to understand who Christ is. Somebody gave one to me some years back. I remember I was preaching in the, in the, the, in the vehicle, leaving Uwele down to Port Harcourt. And on the way, he said, hey, I love the way you preach. I'm going to send a book to you. And then he got my address and he sent me a book, Deliver from the Power of Darkness. You need to read that book and be mad in the night. I remember my wife read it and said I couldn't continue. He read a few pages and he was seeing all horrible things in the night. She couldn't continue with the book. Paul said, I desire to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Somebody asked me when he was driving me along the road, I think in Durban. And he said, Pastor, what do you know? There's this Nigerian man that came. Uh, he died wearing a bunker or doing crusade. He went to heaven and he saw trees and all that. I said, what does the Bible mean when he said trees? Trees are people. When you have no understanding, God communicates to you with symbols. So when you see trees, you are not seeing anything. You are seeing human beings. Read the book. What did Abraham say? He said, even if a dead man rises from the grave, they will not still believe. They have Moses. Let them read. Read the book. Stop believing all manner of testimonies. That's why you are confused. You don't know who you are. Because somebody said, I died and I came and I saw river. I saw frogs in the river. And then I saw these and I saw this. I asked the guy, I said, now you, you just listen to me. Have you read in the book of Acts chapter 9, stroke 10, how that a basket came from heaven for Apostle Peter? And there were reptiles and all of those stuff in the basket. And God said, you better kill and eat 
Where did the basket come from? The Bible says it came from heaven. I said, now do you mean when you get to heaven, you're going to see crocodiles and lizards and snakes and... and uh, the guy was confused. I said, you see, the problem is this. You don't have spiritual understanding. The basket was a symbol of the world. That's why it was tied in four corners. For four is the number of the world. The reptile speaks of the Gentile nations who have not yet come into the faith. And Colinius was one of the first persons as a Gentile person to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and his household. So God was simply showing Peter, I want you to go to the Gentiles and bring them in. And Peter said, I can't do this job. And God said, since you are not ready for the Gentiles, I'm going to preach Apostle Paul. One of the reasons God has to leave Apostle Peter for the Jews is because he does not have mind for the Gentiles. Are you following what I'm talking about? So stop all this rubbish. The greatest problem you can face is you being bound. My friend, let me tell you something this morning. And somebody came to me and said, Hey, Pastor, but did I ever say the thief comes for to steal, to kill, and to destroy? I said, What thief? He says, The devil. Oh, you got it wrong. It's not the devil. Go and read your book. He's talking about pastors. Pastors are the thief. Hey. You love it? You want us to go there? John chapter 10. If you must understand your Bible, you get back to John chapter 9. There was a man born blind. Jesus opened the eyes of this man. And the people say, hey, who opened your eyes? They say, that man. I say, no. How do you say it's a man? They say, but it's a man. Or you just want to believe? And Jesus now said, you not give me a parable. He said, if you are blind, you will see. But because you say you see, therefore you are blind. And the Pharisees came and said, are we blind also? Are you got what I'm talking about? He said, because you say you see, therefore you are blind. And because you are blind, your sin remains. Then when he jumped down to chapter 10, he started a parable. Talking about being a good shepherd and the rest of those things. You understand that? So what he was trying to say was the Pharisees were the thief and the robbers. Who is the thief and the robber in the first place? It's a man that comes silently. A thief comes silently. He doesn't make noise. He steals your property and goes away. But a robber... You can get your property by sharing your blood. That's the difference. Are you getting what I'm saying now? If you read the Bible, it says, My sheep hear my voice. He said, Any man that entered into the sheepfold without passing through the door is a thief and a robber. Read your book. What is the sheepfold? The sheepfold is the church. The man that goes to minister to the people of God without passing through Christ or having the knowledge of Christ is a thief and a robber. These are the people coming to kill, to steal, and to destroy. We are looking for devil outside. We devil. We have a lot of thieves and robbers all over the place here. <laughs> they come to steal from you. They use all manner of ministration to steal from you. Sew your shoe. And get too. <laughs> Are you getting this? A lady saw Volkswagen and never got anything out of the Volkswagen. One of the ministries. One saw generator. Heavy generator. And was sleeping in darkness. I believe God. Never got light. Thieves and robbers. Listen. Am I saying you don't sow? No. But if any man appear on the box, you know the box? You say, I'm the latest minister. You just sow your shoes, sow your money, sow some dollars to me. I'm going to pray for you. He says, thief and a robber. And some of you say, hey, this is my man of God. This is my father in the Lord. 
No man, no man on the TV is your spiritual father. A father must discipline you. The man that does not know who you are is not your spiritual father. Stop in this heat. I have my children around me. When the miser say, stop this. Because I'm a father. Is that okay? Those people you see on television, they are your instructors. They are not your fathers. You can help their ministry, but you don't give the father's portion as a son to them. You're deceiving your That's why you can't prosper. Because you are sowing the wrong field. Somebody is laboring, another man is reaping. And Apostle Paul said the same thing. You have so many instructors, but not many what? Fathers. You must choose your father from the moment and do the right thing. Is that okay? So what am I trying to make you understand? You have the portion. Until you discover that portion in the household of faith. By the faith that is in Christ, you can succeed in life. You do all manner of things without knowing. See, I want to repeat it to you. I have my blessings from God and there is no devil. Whether he red, black, green, use any color. No devil. In fact, it has not been created or given back to by anybody that can take my portion from me. No devil. I know my portion in the house of God. Is that okay? I'm saying this for your sake, not for my sake. I know what God has blessed me with. And that is what I'm running with now. And he talks to me. I'm not a stranger. And the voice of stranger... I will not hear. Amen. Hallelujah. So you must discover who you are. You must know. God has given this to me. This is my portion. What is your portion? If I should ask you the question. Remember the Levites will not even do anything. Just serving the Lord. And all the tithes and everything goes to the Levite. That is your portion. Who can take that from the Levites? No man. Even when you stop giving, God says you are a thief. Can you imagine that? How can? Amen. See, come back home. You are now in the father's house. And there is a place for you in this father's house. No man can take it from you. God came to set up a kingdom. And now we are in that kingdom. And in that kingdom, there is a portion for everybody. That is why I can't contest with you. There is no point fighting. You have a portion. I have my own. You have your own. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? You have your own. You have your own. God has given everyone who come in here a portion. This man is too rich, too worthy to share one portion for two people. Too rich. Too worthy. The heads and the law, the fullness thereof belongs to God. Too ready to allow you to be sharing another man's portion. Why are you why are you wasting your time? You are just being deceived by the thieves and robbers. I carry in the Bible. One of them came to me at the airport, of course in Lagos. I said. Yeah, man of God. And you know, just say, Thank you, my brother. I'm sorry to have disturbed. I'm disturbing your peace. I say, If you know you are disturbing my peace, then don't continue. It's okay. Um, okay, sorry. Uh, the thing is, he brought one flyers, building, raising money. I said, Yeah, listen to me. Last year, I saw this same flyer. 
and you have so many of you going around town raising money. You mean since last year up to now, you have not completed this building? He said, oh yes, we completed it, but erosion came. As I see your trouble now, erosion came to the place you were building God's house. So you need, will you please walk, walk out of my window? These are the thieves and the robbers all over the place. They rob you of your own money. They want to preach to you. They want to, amen. If what God bless you with through your church, your pastor, maybe you want to travel and he prayed for you, if that can protect you, if these those boys by the garage, let it be. Those people who don't have you at heart, they don't have you at heart, they don't even know you. Of course, <laughs> if you think it is your prayer that can save you on your journey, keep on doing whatever you are doing. Eh? Blood on tires, Blood on the driver. The driver is only strong, so will have died out of drinking blood. <laughs> it's all funny. Strange. Hey, Bible said they that know their gods. They are strong and they shall do exploits. On the face of this earth, if you can't do exploits, it's simply because you are in ignorance. Listen, your business is going to take a new turn. Because you know that this is my portion. This is my portion. In the kingdom, I have a portion. I enjoy myself when I travel out. Because the portion is speaking. No, that's exactly what I mean. The portion is speaking. People pay for flight, pay for hotel, pay for food. Huh? The portion is talking. You got to find your portion. Hallelujah. It's going to come when your eyes are open to it. So the darkness that God delivers you from is ignorance, foolishness, stupidity. That you may come into the light and know who you are. And know what God has given to you. He said we have an inheritance. A patrimonial acquisition. Glory. God blesses me to 11 and buy about three cars. Huh? I can tell any of my children, you take that one. They don't need to walk to buy a car. They don't need to pray. They only need to say, Dad, I like that your car. And Sunday we say, give it to him. That's inheritance. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Amen. Why are you? See, we are dealing with God. We are not dealing with man. We are dealing with God. Who owns all things and half all things in abundance? All you need is to come back to the father's house. Are you back? That is the question. If you are back, you have your portion. And no devil. It was not created, it has not been created, and it shall not be created. That can take your portion. I guarantee you that there is life. He said, the thief come to steal to kill the way where he was. <laughs> but I have come that you may have life and to have it more. It's kingdom talk, man. I'm talking about tomorrow's own. Kingdom talk. Do hmm? you know something? When you don't have light, you are swayed towards to and fro. When you begin to be tossed to and fro, you have become a partner with Satan. Because it is Satan that walks to and fro. You see yourself? 
<laughs> you don't deserve ministry because you don't know who you are. You don't know what belongs to you. And men make you to join the ministry of Satan by walking to and fro. A man that moves to and fro cannot, you see, it's like saying a rolling stone gathers no mouths. You always be clean. No substance. Because you're walking to and fro. People leave church every day because they feel something. Because you don't know your portion. You don't know your portion. You don't know what belongs to you. Man, I want you to understand you're right now in the Father's house and there is so much. So much. Listen, there is nothing you take from the Father that makes him become a permanent. Nothing. He says simply, say, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness and all these things that you are asking for shall be added. We sing it in songs, but we don't believe. That the key thing is first of all seeking what? The kingdom. And all those things you are asking for shall be added. They shall be added. Men are dying out of frustration. Men are dying out of depression, tension, all manner of things. But there's going to be addition that God will bring your way. That will bring back your joy. Just because you have discovered him. Just because you know who you are. Just because you have come back to the father's house. When you pray, how do you pray? Tell me. Our father, which are in heaven. But how does the child teach you? Hmm? Now, look at something. When you read that same art, I won't go for that this morning. When you read that, I said, they've come to have their inheritance by their faith which is in me. That is not seven steps of faith. No, that is not it. Three steps of great faith. No, the faith that is in me. That is the faith that God gives. And how does the faith come? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by what? By the word of God. So the kind of faith that we produce is the one that God gives to you. Is God talking to you? That is the question. Once you can hear him talk to your spirit. Hey girl, how are you? Yeah, you look cool. Hmm? Good. Once you can hear him talk to you. You can stand on what he says. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Like I, I face a lot of temptation when I travel. When I mean temptation is, people want me come and plant church. Sister Praise, you know, I mentioned that to you. Praise us. Hey, Pastor, he was driving me on this powerful limousine. Hey, I mean, uh, Lexus with, uh, what do you call it? Navigator. As we are driving, the machine will be telling, Tongue, next robot, go right. Next right, go left. You don't need to have a map to enter that car to go to where you are going to. You just program it. You drive, you say, stop, turn left, take care of the traffic. The next robot is two meters from here. Turn left. That's how we're walking our going. We didn't need anybody to escort us. Very cool car, man. <laughs> and I said, I said, praise, what do you mean by this? He said, Pastor, this is what I believe God for. I wanted this one. <laughs> My portion. <laughs> so I, be, I believe this one. You understand that? And the next thing he said, When are you coming to establish your ministry here? I said, Pray, this is temptation. Thou shalt not tempt your brother in the faith. 
<laughs> because with this kind of thing you are offering me, the urge to come and do ministry here will just keep up so that I can drive this kind of car. You understand that? I said, the truth is, God has never told me to carry a church to South Africa. God hasn't told me. If He tells me, I won't consult anybody. If he, I won't consult and, and I will not look for a place, the place will be ready. Do you understand that? When well, you're telling me to go to South Africa, I begin to become a beggar here when I have a home in Nigeria. Hey, I can't do that. Do you understand that? What am I trying to make you understand? You have a portion in this world because you are not in God's kingdom. God is going to provide. God is going to make you see it. You will come into your inheritance. Stand up and let's begin to pray. The life God has provided, no man can take from you. This is the beginning of a new day for you. You can trust it that I know and I know. I believe and I trust it that I'm in the father's house and I have my portion. It's only the prodigal sons that will lose their inheritance. But even when they return, there is more than enough for them to grab. All you need to do is to return to the father's house. All you need to do is to believe in what Jesus came to do. The Bible says he came to bring us back to the father. He came to bring us back. The father is not far. For in him we live and move and have our being. We dwell with him on a daily basis.